section thirteen of the crime of sylvestre bonheur by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain december thirty eighteen fifty nine therese don't you hear the bell somebody has been ringing at the door for the last quarter of an hour therese does not answer she is chattering downstairs with the concierge for sure so that is the way you observe your old master's birthday you desert me even on the eve of saint sylvestre alas if i am to hear any kind wishes to-day they must come up from the ground for all who love me have long been buried i really don't know what i am still living for there is the bell again i get up slowly from my seat at the fire with my shoulders still bent from stooping over it and go to the door myself whom do i see at the threshold it is not a dripping love and i am not an old anacreon but it is a very pretty little boy of about ten years old he is alone he raises his face to look at me his cheeks are blushing but his little pert nose gives one an idea of mischievous pleasantry he has feathers in his cap and a great lace ruff on his jacket the pretty little fellow he holds in both arms a bundle as big as himself and asks me if i am monsieur sylvestre bonheur i tell him yes he gives me the bundle tells me his mamma sent it to me and then he runs downstairs i go down a few steps i lean over the balustrade and see the little cap whirling down the spiral of the stairway like a feather in the wind good-bye my little boy i should have liked so much to question him but what after all could i have asked it is not polite to question children besides the package itself would probably give me more information than the messenger could it is a very big bundle but not very heavy i take it into my library and there untie the ribbons and unfasten the paper wrappings and i see what a log a first-class log a real christmas log but so light that i know it must be hollow then i find that it is indeed composed of two separate pieces opening on hinges and fastened with hooks i slip the hooks back and find myself inundated with violets violets they pour over my table over my knees over the carpet they tumble into my vest into my sleeves i am all perfumed with them therese therese fill me some vases with water and bring them here quick here are violets sent to us i know not from what country nor by what hand but it must be from a perfumed country and by a very gracious hand do you hear me old crow i have put all the violets on my table now completely covered by the odorous mass but there is still something in the log a book a manuscript it is i cannot believe it and yet i cannot doubt it it is the legende dorée it is the manuscript of the clerk alexander here is the purification of the virgin and the coronation of proserpine here is the legend of saint Dractovius. i contemplate this violet perfumed relic i turn the leaves of it between which the dark rich blossoms have slipped in here and there and right opposite the legend of saint cecilia i find a card bearing this name princess trepoff princess trepoff you laughed and wept by turns so sweetly under the fair sky of agrigentum you whom across old men believed to be only a foolish little woman to-day i am convinced of your rare and beautiful folly and the old fellow 
whom you now overwhelm with happiness will go to kiss your hand and give you back in another form this precious manuscript of which both he and science owe you an exact and sumptuous publication therese entered my study just at that moment she seemed to be very much excited monsieur she cried guess whom i saw just now in a carriage with a coat of arms painted on it that was stopping before the door parbleu madame trepoff i exclaimed i don't know anything about any madame trepoff answered my housekeeper the woman i saw just now was dressed like a duchess and had a little boy with her with lace frills all along the seams of his clothes and it was that same little madame cocos you once sent a log to when she was lying in here about eleven years ago i recognized her at once what i exclaimed you mean to say it was madame cocos the widow of the almanac peddler herself monsieur the carriage door was open for a minute to let her little boy who had just come from i don't know where get in she hasn't changed scarcely at all but why should those women change they never worry themselves about anything only the cocos woman looks a little fatter than she used to be and the idea of a woman that was taken in here out of pure charity coming to show off her velvets and diamonds in a carriage with a crest painted on it isn't it shameful therese i cried in a terrible voice if you ever speak to me again about that lady except in terms of the deepest respect you and i will fall out bring me the several vases to put those violets in which now give the city of books a charm it never had before while therese went off with a sigh to get the several vases i continued to contemplate those beautiful scattered violets whose odour spread all about me like the perfume of some sweet presence some charming soul and i asked myself how it had been possible for me never to recognise madame cocos in the person of the princess trepoff but that vision of the young widow showing me her little child on the stairs had been a very rapid one i had much more reason to reproach myself for having passed by a gracious and lovely soul without knowing it bonar i said to myself thou knowest how to decipher old texts but thou dost not know how to read in the book of life that giddy little madame trepoff whom thou once believed to possess no more soul than a bird has expended in pure gratitude more zeal and finer tact than thou didst ever show for anybody's sake right royally hath she repaid thee for the log-fire of her churching day therese a while ago you were a magpie now you are becoming a tortoise come and give some water to these parmese violets End of section thirteen